Welcome to Chalk Talk. I'm Mike Simpson, Superintendent of Guthrie Public Schools, and this is Season 1, Episode 9 of the Chalk Talk podcast. And today we have uh, two uh, very distinguished educators with us. Uh, our We have first our high school principal, Chris Legrand, and then we have our junior high principal, Todd Bramwell. And I've got two Guthrie High graduates sitting across from me. Um, Chris is class of 86, and Todd, I think you're class of 88. Is that right? Okay. Did you guys know each other in school? Yeah, just briefly. I mean, because he was just a little bit younger than I was, but I do remember him because he played basketball. My uh, youngest brother was also a basketball player, so okay. we kind of knew each other indirectly. Did you ever stuff him in a locker or anything like that? He, well, I don't know that he'd fit. <laughs> no, I, I usually people that are much taller than me and broader, I, I tended to shy away from. That's that's probably a good, good idea. <laughs> he was an upperclassman, and he was a much better basketball player than I was at the time. And, uh, yeah, we had encounters. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit. Um, you guys, uh, Chris, most you've been on before, but uh, kind of give a brief introduction. And then, and then, Todd, we want you to give a little bit more of an introduction of, of who you are uh, and and kind of what you've, um, where you've been and everything. A little introduction of each of you. But, Chris, go okay, ahead. Okay. Yeah. This is, uh, like Dr. Simpson said, and my name is Chris Legrand. I'm the high school principal. Uh, I'm completing my 31st year in education and my 10th year as principal at Guthrie High School. Prior to the being the principal, um, I was an assistant principal uh, in charge of attendance at the high school, and even before that, a, a, a assistant principal and admin at one of the middle schools. And then before that, uh, I was a middle school science teacher and coach at Guthrie Junior High. So uh, been uh, been in it quite some time. I've seen uh, a lot of things. Things, but uh, I do have, uh, I am happily married. My wife is uh, one of Mr. Bramwell's instructors at the junior high. And then we have th three beautiful daughters, and of which my youngest uh, will be graduating Friday night. So uh, this is kind of bittersweet for me because it's the last year since I've been principal at Guthrie High School that I will have had one of my own children in the building. Well, and we're the, we're taping this on the Thursday before graduation, so I'm sure you've got uh, the usual graduation butterflies that come with being a parent that uh, that I haven't experienced yet as a parent, but I've 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 counseled a lot of parents through it. <laughs> oh yeah, and that, and that's why I say it's it's it is bittersweet because you get to see uh, you know the 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 basically rewards and accomplishments of your own children, but at the same time it's just tugging at your heart because you know that that time that you've had with with them is fading fast and uh, it's time to send them on their way into adulthood well that's great Todd. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you tell us uh, your background where all you've been uh you, you know class of 88 in guthrie high school but uh tell us tell everybody who todd bramwell is well it really does start like uh, with this began with um in basketball i grew fast my freshman to sophomore year grew about a foot over the summer and i was too skinny to play football so i wanted to play basketball my brother played played basketball and that's where i met uh, mr legrand for the first time i knew his brother graduated was fortunate enough to be able to um continue playing at um and went to texas to do that played at wayland baptist for uh my years there graduated but even before i graduated i was um um 
substitute teaching. So I think I started substituting in 92 because my coach's wife was a principal there, and she got me connected into the school system there. Graduated with my teaching certificate in 93 and have been in the education game since then. Uh, 17 years in the classroom, sometimes coaching, about four or five years, I'm sorry, six years coaching. Uh, discovered that that's a young man's game and got out of coaching. Uh, drove a bus, made more money and less time driving a bus and coaching uh, for about 10 years. And then I got into administration. I've been in administration in Texas mostly, but since 2010, I've been an assistant principal at uh, Red Oak uh, Junior High. Um, um, let's see, then I was, became principal at, uh, in Abilene, Texas, uh, Clack Middle School. Came here um for personal family reasons, as you yeah. know, um, and then uh, junior high principal um, here at the Guthrie. And and you've you've got a unique um, career because it's all been at the junior high oh, level, yeah. if I remember mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's somewhat unique for uh, for in education because a lot of, the junior high level is. Um, it has its own unique mm-hmm. challenges, and uh, a lot of times people um, can burn out at that level unless it's truly their calling. And it's obviously you—you you have embraced that, and I, I applaud that because I—I <clears throat> graduated from junior high and went on to <laughs> high school, <laughs> and put those days behind you and yeah. didn't didn't look back. Uh, and but we we really appreciate the fact that your career has been has been spaced in the junior high level because I think that gives you a, a great perspective of, of how to, ha- um, how to reach those kids. So let's talk a little bit about the year. Tell us, you, you guys, Todd, tell me how your year's gone. Uh, it's been a great year. Um, and I think a lot of it has been back here in Guthrie, um, as well as last year. Um, we, Picked up about 100 more kids this year, so our building is a little bit more stretched than it was the, uh, last year. Uh, and, and, you know, to be honest, I think everyone around here that knows education will say that, you know, we picked up a lot of kids that, that first year back since COVID, uh, those kids were out. So as a result, some of those kids, you know, have not finished a school year in two years. I mean, yeah. that's what we're looking at right now. Some kids have, have not been in spring for two years so we've got seventh graders that have not finished the school year since uh you know uh, fifth grade Mm -hmm. and you see the similar you see behaviors that are like that you see seventh graders that probably should have been matured past this type of stuff but they're still (laughs) doing fifth grade stuff well and i know we we talked as uh, as district administrators about the fact that it's going to take uh probably two years to catch everybody up from an academic standpoint but i think uh, it's also from an emotional standpoint Mm -hmm. and 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 it it almost seems like it's two years from the start of this year because we had uh so many like you mentioned that that were not with us last year and so i think that's something that that we have identified for sure with our kids and and that's not unique to guthrie because i talk to administrators across the nation that are dealing with that uh chris tell us a little bit about how things have gone at the high school this year well you know it started off a little bit rocky and, and part of that had to do with the fact that as we've been talking about just the fact that kids were not accustomed to being in a structured environment with rules and regulations and 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 todd had mentioned it you know we got a lot of kids back uh we went from 750 to about 950 in our building and you know we went from classes that only 
had about 12 to 15 kids to classes that had 25. And so it seemed like those first couple months, it was just a matter of getting those kids, those students back into a routine uh, where they would show up at particular times and go to classes as scheduled. And so once we got all that ironed out, uh, things really smoothed out. And I, I would say that was just coming back from fall break. And uh, we, we had a few teachers uh, that uh, had uh, actually resigned. And so we were trying to fill those positions. And once we filled those positions with some quality individuals, uh, we were able to get back on track and uh, finish out the year very strong. In fact, I, I'm very pleased with with where we're headed um, athletically and uh, as far as extracurriculars were concerned, mm-hmm. our, our kids performed very well. Uh, had a really good football season. Uh, went deep into the playoffs this year. Basketball showed improvement. Uh, both of those both of those teams were one win away from the state tournament, so we were real pleased with that. Wrestling had a breakout year yeah. this year. I mean, we had three uh, state champions, individual state champions, and the team was runner-up at dual state and at, at the state tournament. So very pleased with them. And then just ramp, you know, winding up the spring season, uh, Angel Marillo uh, was a state champion in, in the 400 meters. And so we're just really proud of that. And, and, and I like to brag on our kids because it's not just athletics. I mean, it's across the board mm-hmm. our, our band and choir last as as you mentioned we've got graduation coming up but our our uh, choir sang at baccalaureate at wednesday night and they're phenomenal I'll, I, I tell people all the time i'll put them up against anyone in the state of oklahoma as far as their performance and in our band and how they just contribute to the spirit uh and the flow of our school and uh just our art jrotc ag all of our programs just excel and uh just like i said we've had a really good end to the this school year yeah i i and you didn't even mention softball <laughs> that's that's not very good on my part because i've had a child that played softball but yes qualified for the state tournament in softball yeah. uh back in in october as well that's correct <laughs> i'm gonna get you in trouble with your wife uh. <laughs> um so let's talk a little bit about what it's like to enter your building as a first-year student, and, and I kind of want to ask you, what would you tell or what advice would you give a family who's got a student that is coming into your building for the first time? Because that's, I, I know that that is one of the most stressful times for kids and their families is when they change buildings. That's one of the reasons why we, we departed from the grade centers is because of trying to minimize the number of transitions that students have in their educational career in Guthrie Public Schools. And so, um, what, Todd, start with, let's start with you. What would you tell uh, parents and families uh, of, a, of a child that's getting ready to enter your building for the first time in seventh grade? If you have questions, ask us. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have any concerns, let us know. Um, we can sit down, talk. We can um, open up a dialogue and keep that dialogue going. You know, I can get to a point where we can, um, you know, text if there's emergencies needed. Um, but the communication, I would I would tell the parents, don't let any questions that you have uh, go unanswered. If you want, if you have something to ask, ask us. Um, if it's a classroom, reach out to the teacher. If it's a continues to be an issue or you know need more clarity, uh, ask the teacher or ask uh, the an administrator, counselor, anything you need. But open up that dialogue so we can have that good communication between us. You know, and I, I think one of the things that helps is we have um, we now are are not we're, we're departmentalized at at the upper elementary so that those 
those students tr- change classes. Mm-hmm. So it's not something new. They've not been in a in a dedicated classroom the entire day before they get to your building. Mm-hmm. So I think that that helps a lot as well. And the fact that there's there's a two year window that they're at the upper elementary. Mm-hmm. Then there's a two year window when they're in your building mm-hmm. as well. I think those things help. But I think um, that's that's great advice, uh, Chris. What with uh, a, a f- an incoming freshman, what would you what would you tell the family? Well, I would tell them that we have so much to offer at Guthrie High School, um, and I would just highly encourage them to get involved and, and take advantage of the different opportunities that, that are available for their students. I'd also tell them that uh, even though there is going to be some anxiety as you're transitioning from the middle school to the high school, and, and as we always say, you know, it is a big step. You go from basically being the top dog, so to speak, as an eighth grader to being the low man on the totem pole as mm-hmm. a freshman in high school, but that's all part of that transition process. But the school seems rather large uh, as they come in, but uh, there are plenty of teachers, administrators, counselors to help them find their way around. And I know that in those first first few days, the first week of school, we're, we're highly visible in those hallways to, to direct those kids and help them find their classes. That always seems to be the big thing. And then once they get settled in and, and learn their way around the building, uh, they seem to uh, really acclimate quite well. I'd also, you know, uh, highly encourage them to, to reach out to their teachers. And, and like Todd said, communication is so key. Um, we do a really good job of keeping all of our information, our, our student parent hand handbooks our course selection handbooks that's all online and so if they really want to know what they're going to be studying in their classes just uh, go to the website and look at the course selection handbook and that'll give them uh, some background information on what they'll be learning and studying but again we're there we're there to help to assist and and uh, if you have questions just uh, reach out to me call email um, and we'll do our best to get back with you and uh, provide that information in a timely manner that's great. And so so with the the common thread that I heard from both of you is maintain those lines of communication. And that's something that I know we always stress. And there's never been a better time for open communication because we've got so many ways to do it now that, uh, you know, it's not – the uh, the old school uh, when when we were all growing up of uh, send a note home and it might get there or it might not and or the the dreaded phone call uh, at night uh, that that might go through and might not or even the letter home that might get intercepted at the mailbox not that guilty ever, not that I ever did that <laughs> did that many a time many a time uh, I think mine were more about the uh, trying to intercept if I got a a traffic ticket. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, we've talked kind of, we've kind of talked a little bit about the, the comparing uh, maybe when we were in school to how it is now, but let's, let's talk about, we've all, all three of us have been in this business for pretty much the same time period. I want to hear your perspectives on, What's changed in education in your career? Um, Chris, we'll start, start with you. Well, I would say first and foremost, technology. Um, when, I, when I began in 1991, I mean, we didn't even have a computer 
at our, our, our teacher's desk. And so um, that's that's really changed a lot. And, and the fact that, and, and, you know, it's like anything, you can either embrace it or, or scoff at it. And, of course, mm-hmm. we've had to embrace that. And, and it's just led to bigger and, 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 and better things for us. But I would say the technology piece is, is a big one. Um, the fact that the kids, and, and this is another one, have so much more choice now. Mm-hmm. You know, back back when we were in school, basically, you know, you went to school brick and mortar, and, and that was pretty much your, your options. And if you got suspended, you just went home and you had to, you know, come up and pick up work. But uh, now I would say that is the biggest thing in my mind is the choice that we give kids. For example, mm-hmm. we have Blue Jay Academy. So if students want to do all their work online they can basically uh enroll in our blue jay academy work during the day uh on their assignments or even go to work and then do your assignments at home uh, in the evening time and so that gives them a choice we also have an alternative school where we have teachers that are on staff right there to help those students and so we have really been over backwards to try to accommodate students meet them where they are and to carry them forward so that we can promote academic success here in our community that's a good point you know i i <clears throat> there's a there's a group of us that on on Fridays we've kind of developed this little tradition of going out to Cimarron National for lunch, and the first time I went out there, um, I, my order's taken by one of our valedictorians, and I'm sitting there going, "Wait a minute, you're supposed to, you know, I I didn't quiz him, but I'm sitting there going, why isn't this kid in school?" And so I get back, and of course I I do my my due diligence and pull up everything and he's he's involved in junior achievement Mm -hmm. and he's on a work release as it were that's kind of what they called it when when we were in school and he's out there working during the school day and getting credit for it and getting paid for it and he didn't even screw up my order so i I really appreciate that you can tell he's a valedictorian well and and that's and that's such an important component now is just preparing these kids to be college and, and or career ready and and a lot of those students will take college concurrent classes their junior and senior years and so they have enough yeah. credits built in already so along with supplementing that with junior achievement they can basically leave after lunch and go to work mm-hmm. and uh, you know get those important skills that will be necessary and beneficial to them as they become working adults yeah that's good stuff Todd tell me you know you've you've got a, a Long career in education, too. Tell, what What do you think has changed? I, well, I do want to piggyback off what Mr. Legrand said, the technology piece, and specifically cell phones and, and the apps that come with it. Um, can <laughs> can not, be good or bad. They, well, <laughs> I, and I'm going, I'm, I'm negative towards it, um, but maybe that's because I've been a junior high the whole time. But I cannot stress how important it is for parents to keep that cell phone away yeah. from their kids. I mean, I, I have quite a few parents at the junior high. Oh, I don't, my kid doesn't have one. I want to say thank you. God bless you, because your kid is going to stay out of garbage. I mean, you, when you first, you, you cannot dismiss the um, the Facebook leak that happened earlier this year, where mm-hmm. they knew what this stuff does to girls, mm-hmm. and they continue to push it. They knew that this makes them, um, you know, gives them anxiety, gives them uh, food, you know, um, um, you know, eating disorders and all kinds sure. of things, and. And we, you know, you're giving this to a kid. I mean, my, my analogy is, you you know, you got the fruit from the tree of knowledge and you're handing it to a kid. Yeah. It's crazy. 
It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. And it does, I've never seen anything. Oh, I won't say that, but very few good things come, in my opinion, from the junior high level for giving a junior high kid a uh, cell phone. The other thing I think um, that, you know, I, I was fortunate enough, my brother was a police officer here in Guthrie, and we talked when I was first got into education, and we deal sometimes with some of the same issues, police officers mm-hmm. and teachers. Sure. Um, and one of the things he said, you, know, you stop and think about society, and just Society says police officers and teachers, you deal with the people we don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I say that from the sense of August when we get parents to come in and say, man, I'm glad school's starting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's your kid. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be around your kid. (laughs) But but my point on all that is we got so – and and he he brought it out to me. But we have so many emotional um, uh, crisis situations that kids aren't equipped to deal with. We see it first. Yeah. And then a generation later, police officers are dealing mm-hmm. with it, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, and we're ill-equipped for it. I mean, some of the, some some of our, all of our kids come, not all of our kids, but a lot of our kids come to us with some severe issues that, might, you know, break your heart. Yeah, there, there's um, the the dirty little secrets mm-hmm. of some families come. Mm-hmm. They bring those to school, yep. and and those are the th- some of the challenges that we are expected to deal with. And yep. I and I think uh, going we're we're organically segueing into the next topic mm-hmm. that I wanted to talk about. But where did we see that come out the most? And it was because of COVID, mm-hmm. and yep. we saw. <clears throat> You know, I, I'm I'm still amazed at how during the time that we were shut down in that spring of 20, um, reporting of child abuse went to basically nothing, yet severity of ER admissions for child uh, injuries went tremendously higher. Mm-hmm. And and those are the things that, uh, you know, s- those are some realities because many times we are the uh, – we're the eyes that see those things and can intercept them uh, yeah. before um, – before they become an ER visit. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one of the things that we have done this year that, that with some of our COVID money as partner with DHS – on our school-based uh, specialists to assist us with uh, those things and working with those families to let them know about resources and, and things along those lines. But I, I guess not to get too far away from the topic, um, what's ch- what changed because of COVID that in, in education? And, uh, and Todd, I'll throw it back to you on that. Uh, and, you know, and I, I think about <laughs> – I think about when we interviewed you for the job, and we did that through Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, we hired you, and I'd never seen you other than on a on a computer monitor. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so obviously that's one thing that changed in my world and in our world. But uh, what what else has changed because of COVID? I I think. Um Teachers and Miss Robinson and I, the assistant principal of junior high, have uh, discovered this maybe uh, a couple of months ago. It's this idea that, and it's not a fault of the teachers, but I mean, you know, when I, I would have done the same thing, I was in the classroom for such a long time. But it's that um, concept that okay, this kid that's now on 
um, COVID leave, uh, not leave, but COVID absence because, you know, he's been exposure. Uh, um, having that lesson available mm-hmm. and being able yeah. to reach that kid that's at home mm-hmm. um, and still still um, impact that kid's life. And that's something that we have not completely figured out how to do perfectly because the reality is you're talking uh, you, you know you're talking or you get sending an email to a student who may or may not be as you know uh, excited about doing work and when mom calls and says hey where's it oh, it was set and the kids well say, no it wasn't and varying degrees of technology mm-hmm. in the home that we that yeah, we identified yeah. uh came came to us you know like a punch in the face yeah. uh when we were trying to when we had all those quarantines mm-hmm. uh, last year yeah that's that's a good point uh what any what other things did has covid changed in in at least in your eyes as an educator uh going back to that uh, emotional that mm-hmm. crisis piece that so many of our um kids are exposed to um, they come in um, maybe because of the um, lack that we didn't fact that we didn't shut we shut down nine weeks early uh, maybe the fact that they've been in uh, been at the house and um, the um, education they got for the previous year was insufficient or none at all mm-hmm. and uh, this kid who may have missed a, a year almost a year nine uh, weeks is now in that same classroom with kids who may have been in school the whole time mm-hmm. and so you're talking about kids that are already struggling may have already may already be struggling to be behind now they're legitimately a year behind their peers yeah so chris what what do you and that you've seen has changed in covid especially the high school and what you've dealt with yeah i you know and i think a lot of these things there's always going to be an unintended consequences of something and, and and i would say one of them is the fact that we can push out information to our students and and you know of course there's varying degrees of of that technology availability and capabilities but you know i like the fact that we uh, we had some teachers and i would call them our our older uh um, uh, cohort of teachers that that really weren't comfortable with technology. Mm-hmm. It kind of forced yeah. their hands and yeah. and and kind of pushed them over and made them uh, embrace the technology piece so that they were able to actually utilize Google Classroom. And that's kind of been our savior for us. Is that's our our, our distance learning platform. And we can. What I like about it is the fact that we, at the high school level, we have so many kids that are out because of activities, whether that be ag, vocal music, band, athletics, or whatever. And so now our teachers are, are very equipped with, with those resources and, and those capabilities to push out assignments, worksheets, quizzes, activities, notes, that they t- examples mm-hmm. like in math class that they work. And so those kids... Uh, really are not missing a whole lot because they can get on on their uh, devices and access that information and still carry on even though they weren't there so that's the, i think that's that's been a big change for us and then just the fact that and you mentioned and, and alluded to it earlier but just zoom capabilities i mean uh, yesterday i interviewed a a, a teacher for a, a a vacant german position and she happened to be in germany on vacation and so I'm like, okay, here here a person is on the other side of the ocean, and I'm talking mm-hmm. to them just like they're sitting next door to me. So that's opened up because I there you know you know when teachers are looking to move or 
to relocate or whatever, it's difficult for them to just leave school and get up to our school for an interview. And so, you know, hey, it's convenient now to do a Zoom interview with someone. And, uh, you know, it just makes it so much easier for all the parties involved. So I think that that's been, you know, what I've seen as a result of COVID more than anything. Yeah, you've, it's funny you, when you brought up that Zoom and, and I was thinking about uh, when, Todd, when we interviewed you and uh, I, I still remember you, you dressed to the nines in a suit and then I asked you, okay, so did you put on the suit pants or do you have shorts on? And you stood up and you had the suit pants on. I was tempted. <laughs> I was tempted, but I was like, I'll probably be honest. <laughs> that, that's probably what pushed me over the edge to, to get you hired. <laughs> this guy, because it had to be warm where you were. It was, you were in Abilene, I think. And, and, <laughs> uh, that's, well... Todd, I wanted to ask you, because you had most of your career in Texas before you came back home, um, what's different in education in Texas than in Oklahoma that, you, that comes to mind? What are, the, what are the things that stick out as differences? Now, I can speak for Guthrie because I have sure. had many other uh, experiences outside of Guthrie. But going to Texas was a culture shock for me. Uh, being exposed to the um, education but you know to me the most important thing that are differences in all education are the uh, the parents and the students themselves um this isn't a slide against texas but i will just say the, the parents here in guthrie and the students here in guthrie are just better they just wow are. um i uh will uh it, you know if i have a situation um, much like um, a, a discipline issue, and I just present present it what it is, ma'am. This is where we are. Uh, my kid did what? Oh, I'll take care of that. That's mm-hmm. the response I get here in Guthrie. The majority of my parents are like that, uh, especially when you've reached out and had communi- you, you've had um, uh, relationships built through communication uh, with them. And to, you know, we all know when you've got uh, uh, great parents and great students. It's a piece of cake after that. But to me, that's the biggest. It's, it's not even a comparison. Again, Texas is a fine state, <laughs> but they're no comparison to the people uh, people and students of Guthrie. I thought you were going to say that they've got a, they've got so much more money and, uh, well, uh, you know. I'm not going to lie. They do. I mean, they do. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's the second most populous state, blah, 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 and they get taxes. You know, they, can, they, they have a bigger base and all that stuff. Yeah. But you can, and you can have that. But the experience that I've had in Guthrie, it's better. It's well, better. And they're, and they're never short for pride in Texas either. <laughs> That's why I love rooting against <laughs> Dallas teams. <laughs> Whoever's playing them, I'm, I'm for <laughs> Well, and I, I guess the – okay, so now let's, let's go one other uh, area before we kind of start to try and wrap this up. But what, what has changed in Guthrie? And this, this is a unique perspective with you two in the room because you both grew up here, but one's been away for a while, for quite a while, and come back, and one's been here most of the time. And so, uh, to, and, and not, just with the, not just with the school, but, but you know, and lump that in there if you want to. And Chris, what, what's changed that, that you've seen? Just the, the growth uh, and the, what I would call the rebuild um, or the renovation in Guthrie. Um, you know, I can drive up and down a lot of these neighborhoods over here on 1st, 2nd Street mm-hmm. and notice that what were 
dilapidated looking houses have now been are bought and remodeled and fixed up and made really nice uh, which is really in my opinion changing the types of people that are one that are moving into our community mm-hmm. as a result of that um, just the, the growth south of Guthrie I grew up on Sooner and Simpson Road mm-hmm. and every time I my mother still lives out there and every time I drive out there there's a new housing addition going up yeah. and uh to me, that that's significant, and then the fact that that when I was in school here, pretty much all of the restaurants were in downtown Guthrie on Division Street, mm-hmm. whereas now all of that is shifted to the east side of, of town there, off of the interstate, and and uh, you know just the tra- the loves travel stops, mm-hmm. the Valero, I mean, yeah. and all the eating establishments that we didn't have when I was a kid, and 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 now we do, and so to me, just the the fact that. Uh, the new uh, housing additions are going up left and right, and uh, people are just kind of moving towards the suburbs. And uh, we happen to be a suburb that that is attracting the attention of a lot of people. You know, I was we were. It's funny you mentioned that after church on Sunday, we went uh, to one of the restaurants and did a drive through to to get lunch for the whole family, and we were driving back. And you know, we've. My family's been been here for ten years, but we talk. We were talking as we went through the light there at the, at I thirty five that there wasn't even a light there when we moved here ten years ago, and can you imagine that intersection without a traffic light now? It's that's just just one of those little things that you you don't think about, but it because it's when you live it every day, you know. Right. Right. So now, Todd, what's, uh, you know, you were away for quite a while and, and you've come back. What, what's changed in your eyes? Well, I would visit. My mom was still here until 98 and, um, you know, and even have friends here. So I would come through and visit. The growth is certainly, um, certainly there. But uh, the facilities, to me, I mean, I'm speaking as a, a dumb old athlete. <laughs> when we were in sports, and that weight room, which was underneath the gym, was the only weight room yeah. in there. Uh, and now, you know, what's out there on the old track, uh, um, or it's the new track now. But, um, you know, it, just the facilities, and again, as it, from an athletic standpoint, it's one of those things where I wish it, I would have had, you know, we would have yeah. had that stuff. Now, I didn't have the knowledge of eating and all that other stuff. But, I mean, you you know, oh, if Chris played football, me and my brother talk about this all the time, when 7th and 8th grade football, there was a water spigot out there. And we didn't have cups. You drank out of the helmet. Oh, yeah. You filled <laughs> the that helmet, thing up. You filled the helmet up, and you drink it, and you were happy for uh. it. And this is the days of two legitimate, legitimate two days, two a days. Yeah. So August heat, early in the morning, stuff wasn't washed. Workout in the middle of that workout, you go, okay, they turn on the water spigot and everybody puts their and don't take too long. <laughs> don't take too long because some coach is going to knock it out of your hand. Get let somebody else drink. But I mean, this it, you talk about some uh things that you think people, that'd make it to Facebook today, people could get arrested for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and you know, to, to, to just kind of parlay off what you're saying, Todd, that's so true. Just the, the, the upgrades that I've seen in just the last few years at yeah. Guthrie High School and to our facilities, just the fact that, and we've talked about this, Dr. Simpson, to be able to have our uh, ceremonies and awards assemblies in our gymnasium now, because 
five years ago, we couldn't have done that because we've never had air conditioning. And so we always have done it in the cafeteria. But now that we have, you know, these beautiful seats and bleachers uh, and and heat and air uh, that's just flowing uh, really well throughout that facility, it it enables us to to be able to move some of those uh, activities down there. And, 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 And like you know, you've mentioned just from an athletic standpoint, I mean, now that we have a, a nice floor in the North Gym uh, of our school and we're going to start construction this summer on an entryway that's going to open up and, and create a commons area of our gymnasium uh, and, and, and and remodel our bathrooms. I mean, mm-hmm. those are just things that are long overdue. And, and that's what, you know, when people come into our school and they look at it and they're like, this was built in 68, 69. Well, of course, we've had, you know, a metal roof put on it and it made it look much more contemporary. But the things that we're doing are really upgrading and and eye appealing and and, and drawing people to our community yeah. as a result of that. Well, uh, and just we, you know, we've talked about this offline, but a lot of a lot of work is going to be going on in both of your buildings this uh, this summer. I mean, we're we're going to have completely redone by the end of well by by fall we're going to have completely redone all the heat and air systems in uh, the junior high building that were you know put in in 96 but uh, prior to that the building didn't even have air conditioning and and we're close uh, we fought some supply chain issues but we're close to having all the new windows put in and the air conditioning in the junior high gym as well and then the the work that we're we're set to do in the um in the across your building chris and the high school with the restrooms and and uh, gradually transforming the district and bringing it up to what uh what are acceptable standards uh, but it was such a such an arduous task because it was uh you know how do you how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time and that's what we've been trying to do over the last 10 years is take that one bite at a time uh, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done at the junior high and we're gradually making progress on that we'll have the entire envelope of the outside of that building redone uh they're when, once we get the windows in, and and then then we've got to turn our attention to the inside of the building, and uh, do some do some work there, kind of like what we're doing with the high school. And so, those are all things that, because of the growth, we have to do, in order to uh, have our our facilities at an acceptable level for what our for what our community wants. Mm-hmm. So, well, guys. Is there anything else you guys want to share with the with the listeners uh, about uh, about you or about the school district or anything that you can think of? Well, uh, you know, in, in conclusion, I just like to say I'm 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 a product of this school system. Uh, all three of my children are products of this school system, um, uh, and it, it is a great place to raise a family. Guthrie is a unique community where. We're still small enough to have that small town community feel, but we're close enough to Edmond and Oklahoma City. If you just want to get on the uh, interstate and and make a quick drive and pick up some supplies, Mm -hmm. uh, but still uh, be far enough away that you have some privacy and uh, you don't have to deal with all that that traffic and those people. But uh, Guthrie Public Schools, I'm I'm, I'm very proud, very proud principal, very proud parent, and... uh, like I said, we ha- we have a lot to offer, and we're kind of one of those hidden gems that a lot of people don't even realize uh, the opportunities that they have here in Guthrie, America. That's great. Uh, Todd? I, I agree. Hidden gem, Oklahoma in general, and Guthrie specifically. I do want to um, 
let Mr. Legrand know that um, there, we may need to study because I also have three daughters. Uh, one's graduating uh, Thursday uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, so I wanted to say hey to Genesis, Gabriel, and Gideon, who's great. Gideon's the youngest graduating, but uh, very proud to be a product of Guthrie, and very proud to be uh, Guthrie Junior High principal. Well, we're we're very proud to have both of you guys. Your leadership is second to none, and what you've done to transform your the education for the the students that are in your buildings is is remarkable. And we truly, as a as the superintendent, I want to s- express my appreciation to you guys for the work that you do every day. Thank you. Well, we've reached the end of uh, podcast number nine for season one, and. Uh, so I want to thank you for listening and, uh, and for joining us today. And uh, for our guests, Todd Bramwell and Chris Legrand, I'm Mike Simpson. Thanks again for joining us.